Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash westwood1. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash westwood1 now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash westwood1. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Mic check one, two. <clears throat> Mic check one, two. Hearing all these letters read aloud by damsels not in distress. Host came to impress. Bitch, check your DMs. This is hot off the press. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of Damsels in the DMs. Say hi to Chloe's cat in the background. Three participants. You can see its tail, like, in the headboard. I feel like my head looks large. Like, I feel like I just sit maybe closer to the camera than other people. I feel like this on my work calls, too, and I'm like, are you guys just not telling me my head is huge, or am I just sitting too close? And I think it's... Or you have, like, body dysmorphia, because your head looks very normal. But I feel like I sit, like, close. I'm like, hey, guys. That's close. You weren't close before. I'm just, like, heavy breathing. (laughs) Um, so what have you been up to during quarantine? Well, I was talking a lot about my sock tie dyeing project, as you know, and I finally did it. So that was a big moment for me. I finally tie dyed the socks. Um, but yeah, other than that, tie dyeing my socks, binged Mrs. America, loved Mrs. America. Um, yeah, and as you know, there's a lot going on in the world, so... It's a little hard to be totally happy and going on with your normal routine when you know so many people are suffering and so much is happening. So um, I can't be protesting because my parents, I'm not going to reveal their age, but we'll just say they're in the at-risk population. I think protesting is such an amazing way of freedom of speech that we have. I remember when Trump was elected, I went and protested on the 405 freeway. And that was such an amazing experience being with like-minded people all sharing the same belief. So I hope that that's how people are feeling and that the momentum that they're gaining from all of this is happening. I hope that they're having the same experience that I had. Um, And I'm just so grateful for everybody who's really risking their lives at this point to protest for what they believe in. Yeah, I think that this was an absolutely heinous crime that continues to happen in America and needs justice. And I appreciate everyone speaking out for it. I think that we put 
the link to donate on the damsels in the dms instagram so if anyone wants to donate they can find it there i watched dear white people last night um which was really great and i highly recommend it also the hate you give is another really great film that people can be watching some books that i love americana is an amazing book and also american marriage um really recommend listening or watching to any of those um because I think it's really important to check your privilege right now. Yeah, absolutely. Very well put. Well, as we mentioned, you know, it is a little bit weird to be talking about dating at a time like this. However, you have been continuing your online dating, correct? I have, yes. So I have continued to do online dating, and I was talking to someone um, for a few weeks, and it was going, at what I what I thought was going pretty well, but... I think that <laughs> anyone listening to this will be like, this bitch didn't even take her own advice from me. <laughs> to which I would say, correct, I did not. Um, so, no, I think, um, you know, it's, I think I was upset about it for a day or two last week and it's, it's, I'm feeling better about it now because it was kind of a short-lived thing, but I want to say that basically, um, this guy and I, you know, we were FaceTiming and doing online dating. We decided to meet up. We hung out for a few times. And um, yeah, I don't want to say that it was all one-sided. I think I was reciprocating things that he was saying to me. He was, it, it went a little fast. I'll say that. Okay. It was very, um, you know, by the second date, we were kind of already having these conversations of like, you know, not wanting to talk to anyone else. And as much as I was kind of trying to hold back on that, um, yeah, it was, it, it just happened, it happened pretty fast, and, you know, I think when things happen that fast, you need to kind of take a step back from it, and wonder mm -hmm. if it's a little too good to be true, because, frankly, like, no one can really know you after a couple weeks, and, um, yeah, it, and I will just say it, it didn't end favorably. I think that, there were some actions of his that weren't matching up to the words that he was saying that, frankly, I was beating myself up a little bit about because I felt like I should have caught them earlier on. But, you know, at the end of the day, I was just believing what someone was saying to me, which is, wow, what a crazy concept, huh? Um, <laughs> but I'd love to talk about this a little bit more with um, Sabrina when she comes on. It's really interesting you say that. And Malcolm Gladwell, he writes a book about how like humans instinct is just to trust right away yeah. and um it's like you have to unlearn that behavior of just being so trusting of people right away yeah i don't want to talk too much shit on this guy but looking back there were a lot of red flags that i should have picked up drag him like every ex was crazy um he got They're it. never crazy. It's never them. I'm sorry, guys. I'm probably yelling into this microphone. It's just passion. When I thought back on the stories he told, I, I thought to myself, oh, God, that poor girl. Um, okay, he would do this annoying thing with his phone where he would look at his phone and have some sort of reaction to it. Like, he was over here the one day and started, like, laughing hilariously at his phone, but then never showed me what was on the phone. No. Um, which like why is he having such a like an intense reaction then have you heard I, of acting pal I guess just a funny video um so yeah and like <laughs> yeah so then one night he got why wouldn't he show you then if it was a funny video 
I he maybe he wanted me to be like, oh, what's that? But that's not my style. I think it's a funny video. Yeah. Um. So one night he got a text and he scoffed and was like, ugh. And I was like, what is it? <laughs> like, what's going on? Um. And he's like. Uh, this girl just texted me. She's so crazy. If she had my address, she would just show up. And, you know, now that she's texting me and I don't answer, I'm going to get an Instagram message. And at the time, I mean, I don't really know. That was a very odd thing to Sounds say. Sounds like a narcissist. He probably texted this girl. Very odd. Well, she was probably just trying to get an answer out of him. Like, I had to try to try to do at the end when he was trying to ghost me. <laughs> when he, when I, whatever. We'll get into yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just think like looking back on it, I'm like, oh, those were red flags. But it's like I was kind of swept up in the moment and what was being said to me and like trying to consider, oh, is this like a genuine connection or not? And I kind of ignored those. And I think hindsight's 2020. And looking back, there are things I wish I would have done differently. But I'm also not going to consider myself crazy for believing some some things that someone was telling me. So yeah. Well. Speaking of establishing intimacy in quarantine, I think that I have found the key to establishing intimacy. Okay. So Brian and I, it's getting really hot and heavy. We're playing Uno on our phones. And, you know, it's intimate, all right. It really establishes um, some healthy competition. And uh, we can now play as a couple against other people. I guess they're people, maybe they're robots, I don't know, but we've been playing two-on-two two against um, some, some uh, names, to give you some example, Motormouth, uh, Grinds My Gears, King Sultan, and Face of the Andes. Those are some of our competitors. As you know, I'm extremely excited about the guests that we're going to have on today. Yes. She's one of my favorite comedians in the LA area, and... She just, her tweets are hilarious. She's so funny. I didn't know about her until you told me. Weirdly enough, I feel like I've seen more comedy in New York than I have in LA. But since you were talking to me about her, I am dying at her tweets and her podcast and she and her stand-up comedy. She's so funny. I think when we started this podcast, she was probably one of the first names that I mentioned that I wanted. 100%. Yeah, definitely. So excited that she agreed to come on. Um, her name is Dana Donnelly, and she is an actress, a comedian. Um, she just started her own podcast with her sister called Young Old, um, and she's just hilarious all around. I feel like the tweets that she sends are very funny, very relatable when it comes yes. to dating, um, when it comes to social media stalking, when it comes to stalking your exes. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, she's just great. I'm so excited to have her on, and yeah. Yay, so let's talk to Dana. All right, we are so excited to welcome Dana Donnelly to the podcast. Yay! Yes, Dana is an actress and comedian, LA. She also hosts her own show, Funneling Us, is that right? Funneling Us. And you got you just recently started a podcast with your sister called Young Old, right? Mm, yeah. Which we're loving, and you guys should check out. Um, but I actually saw Dana at a UCB open mic and yeah, you were just amazing. What's so great about the UCB open mics is like, it's like 12 other comedians that are about to go up and not listening to a word you say. So it's a really tough crowd and it really strengthens your stand up. That's a brutal mic. Like that mic on a bad day will make you want to quit stand up. Like it's yeah. so, 
so mad. But um, someone hosts that open mic that is a familiar face to us. <laughs> um, that Dana is currently dating and has had on her podcast. And I was just curious, like, have you had to adjust your comedy since being in a relationship? Or basically you just use the same jokes? Because so many of my jokes are jokes written with premises that are based on like previous experiences, mm -hmm. I don't, I haven't really had to change that much stuff. I, I think it's like also I do a little bit of a character on stage. Like I don't, I'm not like full, like I don't talk like how I talk. Um, and I do very like uh, thought like structured written one-liners um and so it hasn't really affected like what I talk about in my stand-up that much yet but like I'm sure you know after all of this like what I will have to like mine from will be really different I feel like you know doing stand-up and you know your tweets are so funny too and even on this podcast you know I was like talking to Lauren I'm like it's hard to be dating and doing this podcast and like telling jokes about men that like not everyone is going to get. So you're dating Robert and I feel like that's such a good match because he knows that you're joking. It's like he's in that world and he knows that like you're not being serious. And I feel like some guys would look at that and maybe be insecure and kind of crazy. Like, oh my gosh, she does this. It's like, no, it's a fucking joke, man. Like, <laughs> No, it is like so nice to be dating a comedian who like also just understands why, you know, everything just has to be the funniest version of what it is. Um, because I think, like, other guys that I've dated haven't been as understanding, even before I, like, had a platform, which is, like, so funny to think about. Like, that there were guys who were mad at me for tweeting about them when I had, like, 500 followers. And, like, what do you, why are you worried about this? One thing I love, I feel like you get vulnerable super easily, especially on your podcast when you were talking about how you were bullied on Reddit. And, um... How your boyfriend, which I loved, was turning each thing that somebody said about you that you were maybe offended by as like into a positive. I'd love if you could talk about that a little bit. Being able to open up to someone is like the most important thing. Like I think there are so many people who like um, I probably wouldn't have even been able to like talk about like the like red scare thread or whatever with because I just like wouldn't want to get into it or like wouldn't want to like go there, I guess. Yeah, do you want to talk, actually, since I didn't explain it, about what the Reddit thread was? Um, basically, it was just, like, a bunch of, like, weird guys um, talking about, like, saying just, like, mean things about, like, me and my body and whatever. Um, but it was, like, it was, it was, like, pretty funny. It's just really interesting to see how, like, men just get obsessed with random girls online and, like, love to hate them like like they probably all of those guys know more about me than like any like girl who thinks I'm funny you know and it's just like such a fun like a weird bizarre like culture of like guys and I you know there's a lot of other girls on Twitter who talk about this but like these guys are crazy yeah and they have nothing else to do I loved your one <laughs> I well I want to talk about this because like it's like do you ever regret what you say because I don't feel like you should like there was the one that you had that was like <laughs> it was something about like a guy will like have his grandmother have died like 12 years ago and be like oh I can't open up and be vulnerable and everyone was like grandmother's dying isn't funny it's like that was obviously not the point right. and it was so funny I think you posted on Instagram you're like overall this was just not well received <laughs> <laughs> 
like people like guys make fun of guys are always like saying like oh girls are so sensitive like da 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 but it's like okay like so many girls on the internet get like you know like sorry to say but like rape and like death threats like every single day and like they don't care like it I mean like you know people care obviously but like just like the amount that guys actually are so oversensitive and like so ego driven is just like so just truly crazy to realize no for sure I feel like you do such a good job at least externally you do a great job handling it like I feel like I'd be in therapy every week like yeah oh my god this is what this person said to me but like yeah they're just like trolls and they have nothing else better to do with their lives than to like harass you just like truly remembering that like not to be like annoying but like it's just like haters make you famous or whatever like the, the only reason, like, every time I've gotten, like, big jumps of followers, it's been because someone's been really mean to me, and it starts a lot of, like, engagement. Like, that's, like, it, you know? Like, people, like, love to watch a spectacle. These weird men know so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um. Well, and also in the sense that a lot of it was comparing you to your sister, who's younger than you, which I feel like has to be the creepiest thing. I mean, a lot of that I think I bring on, like, not to victim blame myself, but, like, I bring a lot of that on myself because it's, like, that's, like, a big, a big bit and, like, joke that I think is funny to make, and it's, like, just, like, a running joke, like, in my family and has been, like, my whole life, um, so, like, obviously, you know, I, I, I have, like, started those comparisons, Mm -hmm. but, yeah, just, like, the way that, like, I mean, again, and also it started as a joke because people were making the comparisons without me asking, without me starting it um but yeah like it it just is very weird to realize also how many men on the internet are just like so willing to die on the hill that like it's fine to want to fuck like a 16 year old girl watch the epstein documentary it'll become real believable real quick oh it's scary but so you're living with your sister right now yeah i mean she went and visited my mom um but yeah normally she's here your mom is so cute when you have her on the podcast and you told her that they were, didn't you say that uh, you was starting an OnlyFans or something? <laughs> My mom wouldn't even know what that was. Like, that's just, like, how hip and cool your mom is. Well, we explained it to her. She oh, okay. <laughs> also, like, follows us on social media, and I think it actually really helps her. Like, really? That, yeah, like, it helps her be more understanding and supportive because it's, like, she's seeing like she's just like seeing people my age joke about things that she doesn't really have any like context for and I think it is helpful it's amazing that she's like supporting the movement with you because I know you've been really involved in the movement if you want to talk about that a little bit and like how your mom has been supporting you because I feel like we're all engaging with our parents now in these kinds of conversations and like I don't know, at least for a lot of us, like, we used to make excuses because they're from a different generation, et cetera, and now you can no longer make the excuse for them, or at least we're accepting that we can't, so I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts on, like, engaging your mom in your work. I think it's, like, so interesting because my mom grew up, she moved from, like, to America from the Philippines when she was six, and I think she encountered just, like, so much, like, blatant uh, anti-Asian racism because she, like, Mm -hmm. went to white school and stuff in America um but in a way that like didn't necessarily um like make her not racist or make it so that like she wasn't also engaged in like ideas that 
like were in support of like white supremacy and like her parents too i think like they were in the philippines under american occupation and they like really do like buy into like a lot of like white savior stuff and it's like obviously really hard like as a non-black person of color to like tell to like try to like get people who have encountered racism against them their whole lives that they are also complicit in upholding like a racist system and it's like really difficult to like talk to people like to talk yeah. to like I, I have not talked to my grandparents about like Black Lives Matter because I just I don't I I just feel like it's like the kind of thing where it's um it's like when a white person like whenever a white person like has tried to talk to me about like privilege or things like that like I don't take it well because I'm like well who are you to like talk to me about this and in that same way I have a hard time like talking to my grandparents about it mm -hmm. um but I've like just been really grateful that my mom has been very like um like educating herself about like the history of policing and like anti-black sentiment in America and like she's done a lot of like the work on her own um and like has like didn't really make it so that I had to talk to her about it which I'm like just so grateful about and for one quote that I heard in white fragility that I really loved was one of the most potent ways white supremacy is disseminated is through media representations who have found a profound impact on how we see the world those who write and direct films are our cultural narrators the stories they tell shape our worldviews so I feel like the more as artists we can be doing in amplifying those voices and creating is so important right now. Yeah, I mean, that's like one of the main reasons that I like was inspired to become a comedy writer was just like not seeing any people like me in TV, really. Mm. But it's like, it's so interesting too, be like as like comedians or comedic performers or whatever to like be able to pivot the use of like your platform and your art to like something that like means something or is doing something bigger mm -hmm. and you I feel like and you've I'm, you've stepped up to do this like there's definitely a responsibility to do that when you have such a large platform you know I mean, literally just like the idea that I have like this platform on which I could be like spreading information and like amplifying voices and like not doing that is like so bizarre to me and like I see so many people with platforms that like aren't really utilizing them like are just like kind of doing the bare minimum and it's really frustrating because it's like okay at some point if you have like a hundred thousand followers it's like okay like I've lost I've lost a ton of followers since I started have you like, really yeah, I've lost, well, yeah, I, I think I've, I must have lost, like, almost, like, close to 700, because I've, like, because I've gained, and, like, I'm still, like, just going down, like, crazy, and it's, like, I obviously don't care. That's like, really sad. I, I think it's, like, a bunch of people who, like, it's, like, maybe it's not even that they don't care or don't agree, it's, like, they just, like, followed me for jokes and, like, don't mm. appreciate the pivot of a platform but yeah. it's like also if you're the kind of person who like only wants to see jokes right now I'm like who are you like what kind of like crazy person is trying to like distance themselves from like what's going on in the world in search of like light entertainment it's like who yeah. are who's that person like so so then I'm like well I don't I don't know I, I, there's nothing I can do but like again yeah people who like have huge platforms and like aren't retweeting a lot because they're like worried about losing followers it's like what's the point of having a platform well, now that we have discussed um, how you've been using your platform, I would also love to talk about how you also have used your platform in sort of normalizing, stalking your exes, which kind of leads us to the letter that we got this week. So I'm going to go ahead and read that. 
Dear Danzels, a bit before quarantine started, my boyfriend and I broke up and it's just been really hard since. I was coping by keeping myself busy and seeing my friends, but since quarantine hit, I found it harder and harder to keep myself from smiling. I especially can't seem to stop stalking him on his new social media and think that he has started to see someone new. I feel so creepy about it, but I find myself daily checking his Instagram and watching this new girl's Instagram stories as well. I know it's so not healthy, but I just don't know how to stop when there's really nothing else to do with my time. Do you have advice on how I can stop this self-destructive behavior and figure out some healthier ways to cope? Any advice would be helpful. Sincerely, let's talk stalker. Well, I have thoughts, but I don't know if anyone else wants to go first. Yeah, you go first. Okay, I guess I'll just tell tell the story real quick. Um, With my most recent ex, what happened was, like, this was, like, back in, I just moved here from D.C., like, last June. And um, we were dating when I moved out here. And then we broke up and he just didn't want to be out here, which was fine. He's allowed to be wrong. Um, (laughs) I went back at the end of October. We kind of rekindled things. You know, he was saying that he was still in love with me, blah, blah, blah. But then it just ended up like it just was not going to work out. Um, So then I came back in December and somewhat of a questionable timeline here. It seems like it happened within the span of a month. He had already started seeing someone new. So what I did, like, when I actually, like, came, I was flying back to LAX, and I remember this very vividly, blocked him, I blocked her, like, I was like, I'm gonna go over this threshold and just never look at them again. And then my crazy female brain was like, but I could get on an incognito browser in Google and get on Instagram. But that's all to say, yes, that sounds really crazy, but... I think I tried to cut myself off from it too early. And I was actually like talking to my therapist about this. She's like, you love like a harm reduction model when it comes to like drug use. It's like, and what that means is kind of meeting someone where they're at and not expecting them to go cold turkey before they're ready and like understanding that they're going to have relapses. And I think I was like way too hard on myself in that like, I'm just going to cut myself off from this and never look again because that just wasn't a realistic expectation for me. I literally, like, the second that you block someone, you're going to check their shit so much fucking more than you did before that. But I, like, totally agree. I think it's, like, it's not crazy what you did at all because it's, like, that's something we all do. Like, I don't know anyone who doesn't obsessively, like, stalk their ex's social media. No, I mean... It's, like, a totally foreign concept to me. Like, I've never... Even guys that I, like, you know, have gone on a couple dates with, it'll... I'll probably, like, be checking their social media for another couple months after we, like, stop hooking up. Like, that's just, like, how I am. Like, I don't know. Like, why is that... I I get... It's, like, never healthy. It's never productive. Like, that... And I can acknowledge both of those things. But it's, like, I don't necessarily think it's, like, so harmful. And I also don't think it's, like, uncommon at all. Yeah. I think my issue is I, I, and like, this is something my therapist, like, she's like, put a time limit on it. Cause I snoop to the point where I hurt my own feelings. Like I'm on like a, like the fucking new girl's friends Venmo fucking looking at shit. And I'm like, oh, the Venmo is the best place to stalk. Venmo is where you can find some well, shit. Venmo, yeah. Venmo is like where I've found out who like everyone was dating before me. That's like the yeah. easy mm-hmm. way to like get names of like the girls that guys dated before you. And it's a good way to check timelines, too. Like, I remember my ex was like, oh, me and my my ex before you, <laughs> like, we broke up, like, at this time. And I'm like, well, why are y'all Venmoing each other three months later then? And that's when it came out that they had, like, you know, they had kind of gotten back together like we had. So you can definitely fact check a lot on Venmo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's, like, a really good 
stalking tool but yeah again like it's like I don't know and also I think the letter is so interesting because like I mean I I couldn't even imagine going through a breakup during quarantine like knock on wood but like I I just don't understand like that sounds like the most brutal hardest thing on the in the in the world like because again like the only way that I ever get over people is to like date new people which is like not good I don't recommend that me yep recovered serial dater Mm -hmm. yeah I'm like I'm just I'm a serial monogamous that's just like kind of how I am but it's like I that's why I like I to me like yeah having a breakup in quarantine I like have I feel so bad for anyone who's like going through that that just sounds like truly one of the worst like situations you could possibly be in it's been a little while for me since I've um like been in the social media stalking game of the exes only because I've been in a relationship for five years but at a certain point doesn't their content like stop being interesting like they I don't know like do guys post that much I guess it depends on the guy but I would think that it wouldn't be that great so they don't but it's all about like looking for the one time when there is like a clue and then it's like Mm. occasionally there's like a clue and then that the clue gives you other things to stalk so it's the kind of thing where it's like like, so one of my exes like when we first broke up he started posting instagram stories which he never did while we were together and i like know he's posting instagram stories so i look at them like that was like obviously what he was doing um but like through that like one time he posted a picture of like this one girl and then like through that girl I could like watch I could like see and he like had started hanging mm. out with her friends and then I just like would look at watch all of their stories and, and I would you be watching it from your account or from no, like, I would I would go on an Instagram story viewer I would use storiesig.com and you can literally type in any public Instagram account and you can watch the stories on don't tell me this don't tell me this shit yeah I don't want to spread harmful information I don't want to label addicts but like like yeah like that's literally what I did for months after I broke up with this one guy that I I think we we broke up in October of 2018 and I was fucking like just like watching the stories of his friends until you know fucking like February of 2019 and by that point, I was already dating someone new, and I was, like, in, like, a semi-serious relationship with someone new. Are they posting the stories to, and this could be controversial, are they posting the stories to make you jealous, or because, like, the girl wants them to be posting the stories? Well, he like, what do you think is the strategy? I think, oh, so I, so in this, in my specifics, in it, like, situation, mm-hmm. it was, like, literally a week after we broke up, and I think he was posting them in, like, a, look, I'm having fun way. And that's like, whatever. But I think like, I think it's a mix of like reasons why people post a lot after a breakup. I think it's like to let people know that they're single. Like that's like a huge reason to post Instagram stories is to like just let people know that you're single. And then like also to let the person that you're not with anymore know that you're like fine without them. A lot of girls, I don't use that strategy anymore because it's like, I just know that, like, I'll start posting and, like, boasting, like, my life, even though I, like, probably go home and cry at night. Like, it's like, oh, but look at me doing this during the day, and, like, I overdo it for people to see it, so I just end up, like, removing the person altogether, just because I think- Oh, if I ever got single again, you better believe there'd be, like, photography sessions, like, (laughs) well-thought-out posts. Yeah, please. I was going to say, does anyone have, like, embarrassing stories about things that they've done while stalking? Because I remember my first ex, um, when we started dating in college, I got on his ex-girlfriend's Instagram, and you know I was in these archives, I was in some of the first of her Instagram posts, and the double tap happened by accident, 
and that's I took happening it away, to me. I took it away really quick. And I, I like to think if you take it away very quick, it maybe doesn't register in the system. This was like a couple years ago too. So technically, if you don't, if she didn't have Instagram notifications on yeah. and you left them liked, it wouldn't have shown up. Yeah. I but if she did have notifications on, then she would have received a push notification. <laughs> I feel like we all like to believe this, though, just like we all like to believe that we had coronavirus and we all have the antibodies, but we were asymptomatic. Mm -hmm. Are we right? Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) It never got brought up to me, so I'm grateful for that, but I'm curious if you guys have ever done anything like that. I've I've always been like so careful. Like I I do like scroll. I'm like I'm so careful. I'm sure I've accidentally liked something. I know that when my ex and I in October of 2018. I know when we broke up in October of 2018, the couple days after I accidentally unfollowed him like on accident because you know how on Instagram you just go to someone's profile and you like accidentally like brush the follow yeah. thing follows. So like I accidentally unfollowed him and then I refollowed him and that was like embarrassing and I had to be like sorry like whatever. Um but I feel like I just am so like not again knock on wood but like I'm so careful because I like I'm just like how humiliate. I, I just I, guess I am now. That humiliation factor is so like, like it probably happened to me a while ago, and I like blocked it out. And then since then, I've been so hyper vigilant that like it's the vault. <laughs> yeah. But it's weird because then also like my most recent serious ex blocked me after we'd already been friends for longer than we even dated. Oh, my ex definitely has me blocked on Snapchat, which is so random. Snapchat. Yeah, like my ex blocked me on Twitter, and I'm like, he doesn't even really go on Twitter. I don't. I mean, who knows why people do what they do when they do, but like, yeah, well, that's what I want to clarify to Lauren, too. Like, I don't think I would have ever worked out with my ex. That does not keep me from being on his social media page, though. (laughs) Like, I think he's a loser as well. (laughs) I'm relieved for every breakup I've gone through, but I'm not not curious, you know? Like, it's exactly. I will say that I do want to say that it fades. It definitely does. So anyone listening to this is like, I'm never going to be able to stop stalking my ex. I don't even get on their pages anymore. It's like, they're not even a thought. Like, it's like yeah. the kind of thing where it's like, I have to remember to do it now. Yeah. It's not like a subconscious <laughs> thing. Yeah, right. once in a blue moon, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that person. But it will not, it will not stay at the level that it's at. So please rest assured that you will, <laughs> you will move on from stalking them every single day. But I'm like, yeah, just in reference to the letter, I wonder if there's, like, different, like, coping strategies, like, quarantine-specific that, like, would be helpful. I'm like, I don't, I'm like, what would you do if you were just, like, completely alone and you couldn't meet anyone new? Right. Get a hobby. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anything. There is, like, a rewards, like, you can either reward yourself or punish yourself at the show not to work. So I would say do a reward system of, hey, you know, I haven't gotten on this for a day, so I'm going to do something nice for myself. That was somewhat hard for me to adapt because I just knew at the phase that I was in, I was going to look anyway. So like in the time that I wasn't looking, anything that was posted, like I would have, I would have been going back to look at it. So that is kind of hard. But I think when you get to a point where you're starting to care a little bit less, try to maybe like implement those things. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I think like... I mean, again, I think it naturally does fade. And I think, like, sometimes being really intense and stalking, like, a ton and, like, stalking yourself out can sometimes be ineffective. Oh, that's – I've done that. That's great. Yeah. 
like, yeah, you're stalking the same person over and over. Again, like you said, they don't really post that much. Like, guys never post. There's no, really never anything to look at. Like, eventually, you just get sick of it. Well, that's so hard. And I think I've dated so many people that they get a new girlfriend, like, right after me. Like, for example, yeah. my most recent one. Yeah, and that's super hard to see, like, but it's almost kind of like ripping off the band-aid. It's because it's like, like you said, you're looking for these clues. You're like, have they moved on? Have they moved on? And then you get your answer. Like, yeah, they did. But honestly, though, like, I will say I, I do kind of, I'm like, I want to be proven right that it doesn't work out between the two of them. So that might be why I keep looking. Like, I'm like, oh, have the pictures been deleted yet? Like, it's like. I think actually this is so true. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I think that's a big part of it is it's like, okay, like, well, if their relationship ends really fast, like, then they were the problem or whatever. Right. You want to kind of be proven right with that. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, I don't know. And I've also, I think for the most part, it's like, I'll, I'll have like a new boyfriend. I've been like, it's been that I've had a new boyfriend pretty soon, but I think more and more I'm like realizing like, oh, you can really just be wrong for each other. Like sometimes it's like, because I realized that with my last ex where it's like, I don't really think he's like a dick or like a bad person at all, really. Like just think like we weren't together. Right. And so also like realizing that or like coming to that conclusion and being like, oh, like actually I think he actually, he is a lot better with his new girlfriend. Yeah. Is a nice thing to think too. It's actually, now that you talk her. about it, I realized that I had my first ex to get engaged and I did stalk once they got engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I didn't care at all until they were engaged, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, because it's like a step that they took with, that they didn't take with you or whatever. Which like, is great. I'm so thrilled yeah. that we did not take that. Like, thank you so much. So right. happy for you. But I definitely went on a spiral, a little bit spiral. Something you talk about a lot are your exes moving on to younger girls. And I find that so interesting because my ex moved on to someone much younger than me. Um, no, I want to say on, I, I do truly feel like this and this might not be right. I think it doesn't really matter what age you are. You can be mature. You cannot be mature. But I will say when I was 21 or 22, I don't feel like I could defend myself from toxic behavior as much as I can now. And I let guys walk all over me. And I think that that is part of why that happens. But I would I love don't to- think I even realized what toxic behavior was. Like I literally look back on like dating when I was di- coming, moving to LA and breaking up with my college boyfriend and like dating a bunch when I was 22 years old and like dating so many weird guys in their 30s who were like act like on hindsight so creepy like like it's just like really funny to realize like and I was 22 like I wasn't even like that young and I was still really like just getting so like like I hate to say it but like played by Mm -hmm. these like dumb ass fucking guys who like now I'm like oh like it took a year of like learning and to be like oh I get it like I get what you're doing and this you're like an awful person but it did it takes like dating a lot of those kind of guys to like realize what's happening Mm Yeah, and to be able to properly be like, you're not going to do that to me. Because I think when you're younger, it's like, yeah, and then especially dating a little bit older when you're younger, you know, I feel like people always say to me like, oh, don't waste your time on guys in their 20s. And I I have had like, you know, I have wasted a lot of time on guys in their 20s, but a fuckboy is a fuckboy. Like, it's like, 
they're not going to age out of that. Like, I think it's either, like, you're a, a shithead or you're not, and, like, right. it doesn't matter what age you are, but I think that there's a very specific kind of, like, shithead that's, like, 30 to 35 that specifically does target girls who are, like, you know, 22 years old, like, 21, 22 years old, because it's easier to not be that nice to them. Right. And they're going to boost their ego and make them feel better. Not and not having any consequences. And I think, like, that's a really, it's a very interesting thing to, like, and people kind of get mad at me sometimes for calling it out because I think people are like, oh, well, you're taking, like, autonomy away from, like, girls who are that age who, like, are technically, like, legal adults and, like, capable of thinking for themselves. And it's like, I'm never talking about girls. I'm talking about, like, guys who go for those girls. Like, it's not yeah. about that's such a good point because I feel like when my ex started dating someone new like it was like oh well you're prettier you're this and you're that and like my one friend like she was like yeah you're pretty but she's pretty too she doesn't look like a cow like it's like and like I can't fault her for falling for the same actions that I did she's just you know what I mean like he's got her caught in this web too and like that's not her fault and like you can't hate on someone because like they're attracted to the same person as you like you felt like exactly like you if anything like you understand that person more like you probably have more in common with that person than you have with in common with like most people and so it's like yeah it's just it's it's so really like I'm, I'm never ever hating on like any girl or whatever I just like am like oh we should continue to be suspicious of guys who are like trying to date girls who are a lot younger than them because a yeah. lot of times they're doing that so they can get away with like not being that nice to them I would just say I feel like when you're younger you're like oh look at me with my old mature boyfriend and everyone's yeah. looking on like bitch you thought like, like, like you know what? <laughs> oh god like I feel so sorry for that girl like literally like it's like it's so funny to like the cognitive dissonance that you have when you're in the situation versus when you're looking at the situation okay well actually speaking of that we talk about this in the first episode I was how old was he Lauren 42 I was talking to a 42 45 no he's 42 okay but okay my friend did put this into perspective for me because I just I was on this like path Dana where I was like I need to date older men and they're more mature which we all know is not true not necessarily true (laughs) um and then she was like imagine what his age range was on hinge to be able to find you and I was like that is a very good point (laughs) like when I was like like I realized my ex like when we broke up, his age, I realized that his age range was eighteen, Ooh. and we were ta- like this was after we broke up, and we were talking about I like asked him if he was like dating, like I was just genuinely curious, and I was like, oh yeah, who have you gone on dates with? And he like mentioned that he like went on a date with a twenty year old, and I was like, well, what's your age settings? And he was like eighteen. I'm like, no, I'm like you need to change it. Well, isn't that so funny? Because I feel like I can't. I have a one year younger than me as my range. And I feel like that's even pushing it because I'm like, they are not mature. It's like just crazy, the contrast of like the age. Since I, got on, since I was on the apps, I think my age settings were always like 25 to 31 or something, like always. Yeah, it's it's just insane. Like just the difference between what guys and girls go after. It, it's really crazy. It, it is crazy to realize that guys like want a girl who like doesn't know how they should be treated like that is just so wild to me that like that is what a lot of guys are looking for yeah that's so scary consciously like that's what they want it's like really I I it blows me away like it's very disheartening if you think about it for too long like the amount of times I've had to like directly ask to be treated like a person that's what we really liked your one tweet recently about um 
I think you mentioned it, Lauren. It was the. I love all your tweets. I think you're so funny. Um, Which one was it that I really? The one that you've let people that aren't your boyfriend like treat you or something. What was it? Oh, I've let other guys be condescending. I've never cheated on anyone, but I've let other guys be condescending to me. Yeah. Like, which is like something that I should I usually reserve for my boyfriend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Dana, it was amazing having you on today. Please tell people where they can find you and find all your stuff. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Dana D only, and then on Instagram at hottest Dana, and then on TikTok also at hottest Dana. I saw you just made a TikTok and you're very inspiring for that because I've been scared to venture into that platform. Yeah, I've just been like doing tweets on TikTok because I realized so many people were going viral on TikTok with my tweets and I was like, oh, fuck, I gotta, I gotta get on all that. Yeah, it's awesome. And your roller skating stuff, it's all, <laughs> all amazing content. <laughs> thank you. All right. Yay, well, thank you so much. That was such a good conversation. I know, I love her. Um, She's so funny. She's so funny. She's so relatable. You guys should definitely give her a follow. At the very least, check out her tweets because they are just amazing. And the podcast. I'm loving the podcast. Her podcast is great too. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. Stay tuned for our episode next week. It's going to be great. It's going down in the DMs. It sure is. Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.